Welcome to the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show, the podcast that greenlit the Viking remake of The Lion King. I'm your host, Taylor Cole, and I'm here with Brendan, 5 o'clock McKinney. It's going to be an unhappy hour for you. Dan, shot first, Morin. Shoot first, ask questions, never. And Jeff, memory, Schwartz. Prepare to get erased. Hello, hello, and thanks to all our players and listeners for joining us here today in our seventh season. We are in the second elimination match of the Chronic Town Division. Now, Scoremaster Dan is off doing political things this week, so we have pulling double duty, the combination Scoremaster and Production Master, Dave. Dave, how's it going? He came from the vending machine world. This made him tough. Well, that is absolutely true, and a perfect way to get into our first game, a round of My Champion. This is the game where each one of our players has chosen a champion from somewhere out in the world of pop culture. The catch... We pick the battle those champions are fighting. Former high school teacher who was now his own captive audience, Brendan McKinney, who is your champion today. My champion is Death from the Seventh Seal. (laughs) Podcaster and sci-fi novelist Dan Morin, who is your champion today. My champion today is the Marvel superhero known as Moon Knight. And also with us is community college professor and puzzler president Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, who is your champion? My champion is Blair Warner from The Facts of Life. <laughs> what what a combination. Yeah. I can't wait to see what this brings. Let's see what this group of champions is going to undergo. It is time to spin the scenario wheel. Today's scenario asks, which champion is going to write and record a number one single on the Billboard Hot 100? Brendan, why is the Swedish chess-playing version of Death going to write and record a number one single on the Billboard Hot 100? Well, as we all know, there is a grand tradition of Swedish death metal. Uh, But more generally speaking, I think that all songs are really only about a few things, love, basic emotions, and of course, life and death. So I think that uh, the top 40 charts is really the perfect place for Death to make an appearance, and for all we know, he may have been ghostwriting songs for a long time already. Thank you, Brendan. All right, Dan, make the case for Moon Knight from Marvel, writing and recording a number one single. Sure. I mean, so here's the most important thing to know about Moon Knight. Uh, His alter ego has alter egos. There's like three different personalities in there, at least. So what's great about that is he provides his own backup singers along the way. I mean, you know, a solo is great and everything like that, but really you need some harmonizing. He's got a British accent sometimes. He's got an American accent sometimes. And when they put out the music video, I mean, he's got the costumes all down already. So a little moonlit background, a little pop music, and he's ready to go. Thank you, Dan. All right, Jeff, make the case for Blair Warner from The Facts of Life. Well, Blair Warner would just have another one of her brilliant ideas. She'd get Tootie to round up Elle DeBarge, Cinnamon, known as Stacey Q, and Jermaine Jackson. Natalie could write it, and then Joe could bang a hubcap or something. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. All right, it is my turn today to be the judge and determine today's My Champion winner. And while I like the tradition of Swedish death metal, this is the Billboard Hot 100. A death metal song's never making it to number one on that major mainstream pop chart. So uh, death is going to have to take a seat out. 
So now we have the sort of ready-made-to-go pop group element of Mood Night, but we also have the well-connectedness of Blair from The Facts of Life. And at the end of the day, there is maybe perhaps a little too much darkness in Moon Knight uh, to really sort of really get that sugary sunshine, hot 100 total mainstream. So with the resources that she has and the friends and the connections, this to me is a slam dunk. This is going to be go to Blair, Warner and Jeff. Wow. All right. <laughs> Congratulations, Jeff. You've not only won my champion, but you get to take a crack at the half point. Answer this question correct, and you will have half a point more than either of your fellow competitors. Here is your half-point question. The Billboard Hot 100 singles chart was first launched in the year 1958. The number one song of that year was Domenico Modugno's Nel Blu Dipinto de Blu, which is more popularly known by what one-word title? Oh, thank goodness I just watched Eurovision. Volare. Correct. You've won the half point, Jeff, and you get to go first in round one, The Vending Machine, TV and Songs Edition. At the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show Vending Machine, we know which two buttons to press to get the pop culture property that's in the middle of the Venn diagram between them. Today at The Vending Machine, our friends are pressing buttons to find TV shows that share their titles with unrelated popular songs. For example, Anne is in the mood for something golden with a coastal flair, so she presses the buttons for David Duchovny and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So the vending machine would spit out... Californication. Yes, Californication, starring David Duchovny, and is also a song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That answer would get you 10 points. If you need a hint, we can play you a short clip from the song in question, at which point a correct answer then becomes just 5 points. We'll start this round off with Jeff. Max is feeling rugged, so he presses the buttons for Jeff Probst and Destiny's Child. I love both the show and the song. It's Survivor. An easy 10 for Jeff. Next to Brendan. Jonathan is a bit lonely today, so he pushes Jennifer Aniston and Bette Midler. Jennifer Aniston and Bette Midler, the only Bette Midler thing I can think of is totally different than one of the few Jennifer Aniston things that's coming to mind. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and take the hint. Oh my God, it's true what they say about game shows. It is harder to think when you're actually (laughs) on one of them. Um, And don't forget, we're judging you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's oh, of course. How could I forget that? Um, oh, what the heck? Um, Jennifer Aniston TV show Friends. Yes, from Bette Midler's first album, that is the song Friends. Next over to Dan. Carolyn has a bit of a volcanic mood, so she's pressing the buttons for Chad Michael Murray and you too. Okay, Chad Michael Murray... Well, uh, I'm going to go with the thing that I think is at the top of my head for him. Would that be One Tree Hill? Yes, also a song on U2's album, The Joshua Tree. Back to Jeff. Carrie just nailed her latest tryout, so she's celebrating by pushing the buttons for George Pappard and Ed Sheeran. I do not know any Ed Sheeran songs. The only George Pappard TV show I can think of is The A-Team. 
That's correct, Ed Sheeran with a recent single called The A-Team. Next to Brendan. David doesn't need to explain or defend his choice at the machine. He's confidently pressing Timothy Oliphant and Casey Musgraves. I believe that would be justified. Quick answer for Brendan for 10. Next to Dan. Tim is a little adrift about which choice he's making, so he's ambling towards pushing Matthew Fox and Frank Ocean. I'm gonna go with Lost. Yes, everyone's doing great so far. This next TV show title with an unrelated song that shares the same title, Vending Machine, is for Jeff. Margaret wants a snack to share with her young lady friends, so she's pressing the buttons that say Lena Dunham and The Beastie Boys. Mm. In the world, words of Mrs. Garrett, girls. Bringing it back to the facts of life. Love it. 10 points for Jeff. Next to Brendan. Lisa needs something to take her to a different location. So she's pushing the buttons that say Denzel Washington and Gnarls Barkley. Oh my gosh, Denzel Washington on a TV show and Gnarls Barkley. Um, I'll, I will take the hint on that one. Way it, it was a transportation related thing you said. I have no idea what that is. Jeff? Um, I'm going to guess because of Denzel Washington and it seems to fit St. Elsewhere. Yes, St. Oh, Elsewhere being the title track off Gnarls Barkley's first album in 2006. Over to Dan. Our other friend David is having a demonstrably bad day, so he needs an antidote in the form of pressing the buttons for Esther Roll and Sheik. Can you spell those two people for me? Esther Roll, E-S-T-H-E-R-R-O-L-L-E, and Sheik, C-H-I-C. C-H-I-C, Sheik. I have never heard of either of these people, so this is going great for me. Uh, I guess I'll take the hint. That's, that's going to go very poorly. Uh, that's a great beat. Love the song. I'm sure it's very popular. I got nothing. Jeff knows this one. Uh, it's a dynamite question. Good times. Ah. Good times is correct. And that'll take us into our first score update from acting Scoremaster Dave. After nine questions, our scores are Brendan with 15, Dan 20, and Jeff so far is absolutely perfect this whole game. He has 30 and the half point. 30 plus two bragging right answers picking up from other players. So Jeff is on a hot streak. Jeff, let's see if you can continue it with this vending machine overlap. Susie is grappling with her faith today, so she's pushing the buttons that say Neil Patrick Harris and Pet Shop Boys. Mm, let's see, Neil Patrick Harris, I can think of two shows, and neither one seems to fit. Um... Uh, I don't think the clip is going to give it to me, so let's just go with Doogie Howser. The Pet Shop Boys song, Doogie Howser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a hit. It was a big hit. <laughs> oh, in this case, we're talking the recent HBO Max series, It's a Sin, from Russell T. Davies, also the title of a Pet Shop Boys song. Of course. Next up, back to Brendan. 
Steven is on a tight deadline at work, so he's getting his pick-me-up by pressing buttons that say Dominic West and Heim. I'm just going to go out on a limb and hope that there is a Heim song called The Wire. Correct. Very good. Next up, back to Dan. Joe's full of feelings of admiration today, so he's joyfully pushing Amanda Bynes and the Romantics. Amanda Bynes. Not a person who I follow the career of very closely, but I know was on some TV shows as a teenager, and I'm trying to pull even one of those from my list somewhere, and all I can see is (laughs) nothing at all. Nothing good. Uh, I'll take a hint on that one. I'm going to go with What I Like About You. Yes, the CBS sitcom What I Like About You. One more per player. This is for Jeff. Sam has an out-of-this-world idea, and he can get what he needs for it by pressing Jason O'Mara and David Bowie. Wow. Okay. I do not know Jason O'Mara. I do know David Bowie, but I'd like to hear the hint, please. She could spit in the eyes of fools as they ask her to focus on me. Wow. Um, space oddity? Dan? Life on Mars. The not-as-good American remake of a really good British show. Next up to Brendan. Elsa is in a bit of a lovey-dovey mood today, so her selection involves pushing buttons for Paul Reiser and Belinda Carlisle. Well, it worked last time, so is there a Belinda Carlisle song called Mad About You? There is, and it's pretty good. And closing out this round with Dan. Michelle really needs things to work today, so her selection is for Rose Byrne and Olivia Newton-John. Uh, physical. Physical is that answer. Very good. And that'll do it for round one. Up next, the scores from Dave and on to round two. Hey, listeners. Taylor here to tell you about what's going on this week on the great American pop culture quiz show, Patreon. This Friday, June 10th, you will get a bonus episode for our silver and gold level donors in your feeds. It is called Third Mentality. It's going to be a round of trivia all about movie threequels to get your big summer blockbuster mood on movie threequels with an empty studio episode this Friday. Then next Thursday, June 16th, will be our next Game Shelf Decathlon, a rare mid-month appearance for the Decathlon, but it means it's the perfect time to sign up at usaquizshow.com slash membership to gain access to jump on Zoom with a bunch of friends, listeners, and other acquaintances of our show for an hour or so of fun games and trivia hosted by our very own Scoremaster Dan. Catch all those bonus episodes and so much more at usaquizshow.com slash membership. Going into round two, it's time for the IMDb Trivia Score Break. IMDb Trivia. Four out of 72 found this score break interesting. At this time, Brandon and Dan are in the co-lead with 35 points, and Jeff is in second place, 
right behind with 30 and a half point. And that means Jeff gets to go first in round two. Man, being so close, Jeff could really do some damage with the Threequalizer. Jeff, I'm going to ask you a question that has three possible answers. You will have three guesses to match as many of those answers as you can, with 10 points to you for each correct answer you can provide. Here is your Threequalizer question. The currently running Superman and Lois is taking cues from the earlier Lois and Clark series. But aside from Lois and Clark, there were three other live-action TV series about Clark Kent slash Kal-El. Name them. Smallville. The original Superman. Supergirl. You are correct about Smallville, but in this case, that original one you're looking for is called The Adventures of Superman from 1952 to 1958. And then we also had Superboy running in syndication from 1988 to 1992. Still 10 points for knowing Smallville. And we'll keep with the superheroics in round two entitled Best Supporting Tights. Whether we like it or not, superhero movies have become the monoculture. It seems like every major star has been in one, even those who normally star in the most prestigious of films. In this game, I will give you a plot description of an Oscar winner for Best Picture, and you just need to give me the title of the movie. However, many character names will be replaced with the name of a character played by that same actor in a superhero movie. For instance, if I said, in a movie presented as a single shot, Batman stages a Broadway play starring the Incredible Hulk, produced by the Joker, all while struggling to connect with his daughter, Gwen Stacy. That answer would be... Birdman. Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, that would get you 10 points. Then we'll ask you two quick follow-ups about the names of the superheroic actors from the plot description for 10 more points apiece. Let's start it off with Jeff. Ulysses' claw is after something that the Red Skull wishes had been destroyed long ago. Hela, the goddess of death, helps the heroes from afar. Oh, boy. Um, Lord of the Rings? Return of the King? Correct for 10. Jeff, who from Return of the King plays Ulysses' Claw? Oh, boy. I have never heard of Ulysses' Claw. Elijah Wood. Dan, you know this one? Uh, it's Andy Serkis. Yes, Gollum also in Black Panther. Still for Jeff, who from Return of the King played Hela, the goddess of death? Kate Blanchett. Ten more points for that. Also, Red Skull mentioned in the question, that is Hugo Weaving. Over to Brendan. Pepper Potts and Batman star in a play produced by crime boss Carmine Falcone. So I've heard of all of those names, but if all I've got to go on is that it's a movie in which a play takes place, I got nothing. We also have to go that it is a Best Picture winner for the Oscars. In this case, we're talking Shakespeare in Love. Still, you can take a crack at the follow-ups, though, Brendan. Who from Shakespeare in Love plays Pepper Potts? Who from Shakespeare in Love? Would that be Gwyneth Paltrow? And who from Shakespeare in Love played Batman? That's a good question. That should be obvious. And there have only been so many Batmans. Uh, it's not... There have been so many Batmans. Michael Keaton. It's not Val Kilmer. Uh... Is Christian Bale in? I don't think he is. Um, I'm really fumbling here. Who am I missing? Certainly not Robert Pattinson. Christian Bale. Dan? That would be Batfleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck in Shakespeare in Love, yes. Small role. 
Dan, this next one's for you. After being raised by Spider-Man's Aunt May, a man falls in love with Antiope, better known as Wonder Woman's personal trainer. I guess he also, you know, goes to war and founds a successful corporation. Boy, okay. Goes to war, so Antiope's personal trainer. That's Wonder Woman, which I think is... Annie Nielsen? No, that's the mother. Uh, I'm trying, I'm blanking on who played that character. And first, it was either Marissa Tay or Tomei, Rosemary Harris, or Sally Field. Uh, there's been lots of Aunt Mays. I'm blanking on the an movie. Answer, Dan. Um, oh, it's the Sally Field one where she, they like me, they really like me. Uh, coal miner's daughter? No, it's not. Jeff? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is correct. <laughs> Dan, who from Forrest Gump played Spider-Man's Aunt May? Uh, that would be Sally Field. And who from Forrest Gump played Wonder Woman's personal trainer, Antiope? Man, uh, it's whoever played uh, the... What's her name? God, I haven't seen this movie in like 30 years. Um, it's the love interest, and she's blonde, and she dies. <laughs> Spoilers. And I, I can't pull it out. I'm just going to say Connie Nielsen. I know it's not right. Jeff? I think it's Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Robin Wright as Jenny in Forrest Gump. Thank you. Next up, back to Jeff. While recounting his romantic past, an injured Alfred Pennyworth recuperates in a monastery with the Green Goblin. Is it the English patient? It is the English patient. Jeff, who from the English patient played Alfred Pennyworth? Okay. Um, I haven't seen the English patient. I know two people who are, three people who are in it, but that doesn't help me. Um, I'm just gonna say Michael Caine. Rafe Fiennes voices oh. Alfred Pennyworth in the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> okay. Still for Jeff, who from the English patient played the Green Goblin? Oh, boy. Um, Willem Dafoe? Yes, in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and the recent No Way Home. Over to Brendan. Thanos is pursued by an idiosyncratic assassin while Two-Face tries to put the pieces together and then has three dreams. Carnage is also around briefly. Once again, I have no idea who plays any of these people or things or whatever they are, so I'm going to have to pass. Dan, do you know the best picture winner we're talking about here? I believe that'd be No Country for Old Men. Yes. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm sorry, are these all Best Picture winners? Did I miss that? They are all Best Picture winners, yes. That was in the description. <laughs> oh my gosh. Still for Brendan on the follow-ups, who from No Country for Old Men played Thanos? Uh, would that be Josh Brolin? Correct. And who from No Country for Old Men played Carnage? Um, I have no idea. Kelly McDonald? That would, have been, that would have been a movie. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would watch that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this case, we're talking Woody Harrelson in the recent Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Mm. I'm, I'm still reeling from my inability to fully grasp <laughs> one key factor of this game. So it's The pressure is on when you're up here. I'm, I'm feeling it. It's really <laughs> nerve-wracking. Also, the two-face we mentioned in the original description is Tommy Lee Jones from Batman Forever. Next up, back to Dan. A woman falls in love with Hellboy's sidekick, Abe Sapien, much to General Zod's chagrin. Doctor Strange's rival surgeon, Nicodemus West, meddles in their affairs from afar. Okay, well, I know plays several of these people. 
And is that helping me come up with a movie? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with The Shape of Water. Correct for 10. Who from The Shape of Water plays Hellboy's sidekick, Abe Sapien? I believe that's Doug Jones. He wears almost the same costume for both roles. It's great. <laughs> and still for Dan, who from The Shape of Water played General Zod? Oh, I'm going to go with Michael Shannon. Yes, a perfect 30 for Dan. The Nicodemus West we mentioned is Michael Stuhlbarg, who's in both the Doctor Strange films and The Shape of Water. And that'll take us into our next score break from acting scoremaster Dave. The scores and standings are flip-flopping all the time, but remain close. In third place, it is Brendan with 55, Dan in second with 75, and Jeff is in the lead with 80 and the half point. Close up at the top. Let's get back into it with another Best Picture winner with superhero-fied characters for Jeff. The Joker enlists an Asgardian actor to infiltrate local law enforcement, where The Shadow and Spider-Man's Uncle Ben are his co-workers. I'm going to go off the beginning of that and say The Departed. Very good. Who from The Departed played The Joker? Jack Nicholson. And who from The Departed played Spider-Man's Uncle Ben? Oh, okay, now I haven't seen The Departed, and I haven't seen Spider-Man, so... Robert De Niro. Dan? Martin Sheen. Yes, Martin Sheen in The Departed and the Mark Webb Spider-Man movie. Also in that question, the Asgardian actor we mentioned is Matt Damon with his cameo in Thor Ragnarok, and Alec Baldwin played The Shadow in a movie we all remember. I, I love The Shadow. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Dan remembers. <laughs> I remember it. Next up to Brendan. Prejudices are challenged when interlocking narratives connect Ant-Man's friend Luis, War Machine, and a different War Machine. Uh, is this Crash? The wreckage finally finished. Yes, Crash for 10 points. Brendan, who from Crash played Ant-Man's friend Luis? Um... I, I cannot remember who was in that movie. Uh, Brad Pitt. Dan? Michael Pena? Correct. Still for Brendan, who from Crash played War Machine? Once again, having no idea who was in that movie, Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> again, I would watch that. Great guy. Now, in this case, two possible answers. We would take Terrence Howard or Don Sheedle, his MCU replacement, both of whom appeared in Crash. Next up, back to Dan. Superman's father, Jor-El, falls in love with the Hulk's girlfriend, Betty Ross. But was he ever really roommates with the Vision? Uh, that would be uh, A Beautiful Mind. Correct. Who from A Beautiful Mind played Jor-El? Russell Crowe. Yes, in Man of Steel. And who from A Beautiful Mind played Betty Ross? Uh, that would be Jennifer Connelly in the Ang Lee 2003 Hulk movie. And of course, the Vision was played by Paul Bettany in the MCU. Last Best Picture superhero title per player, this one is for Jeff. A man takes an enlightening trip with Cottonmouth and learns how to write thoughtful letters to Mrs. Hawkeye, a.k.a. Laura Barton. A movie about someone writing letters. Um... Pass. Dan is all over these today. I'm going to guess on, I'm just going from the actors on that one. Is that Moonlight? 
one of the stars of Moonlight is in this movie, but in this case, we're talking the 2018 Best Picture winner, Green Book. Oh. Now, Jeff, who from Green Book played Cottonmouth? Um, okay, I have no idea who Cottonmouth is. I have seen Green Book. So, um, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Dan. That would be Mahershala Ali. Uh. Yes, in his second Oscar-winning performance, yeah. he played Cottonmouth on the Netflix Luke Cage series. Uh. One more follow-up for Jeff, who from Green Book played Mrs. Hawkeye, Laura Barton. Um, that, um, Linda Cardellini? Yes, 10 points there for Jeff, playing that role in Age of Ultron and the Hawkeye series. Next up to Brendan. An aging criminal comes out of retirement, enlisting the help of Lucius Fox to take down Lex Luthor. Would that be Unforgiven? Correct for 10. Brendan, who from Unforgiven played Lucius Fox? Uh, Morgan Freeman. And who from Unforgiven played Lex Luthor? That would be Gene Hackman. A fast, perfect 30 for Brendan to close out his part of round two. We'll close out the whole round with Dan. The Vulture leads a team of investigators, including Dr. Christine Palmer and the Incredible Hulk. They report their findings to Howard Stark and Sabretooth after hitting up lawyers Abraham Erskine and Dr. Manhattan for information. <laughs> <laughs> this would be Spotlight. Yes, we won't ask you about all of those names, Dan, but who from Spotlight played the Incredible Hulk? That would be Mark Ruffalo. And who from Spotlight played Dr. Christine Palmer? That would be uh, Rachel McAdams. Just for goofs and grins, Dan, who from sure. Spotlight played the Vulture? That would be Michael Keaton. Who played Howard Stark? Oh, that is... Ooh, which one of them? There's two. Uh, I'm go with John Slattery. Who played Sabretooth? Liv Schreiber. Yeah! <laughs> who played Dr. Abraham Erskine? Stanley Tucci. Here we go. And who played Dr. Manhattan? Oh, uh, Billy Crudup. <laughs> Swept it. No extra points, but incredible nice. work from Dan at the end there. <laughs> Even if I don't win this game, I'm going to feel good about that. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for round two. Up next, the scores from Dave and on to our final round. Before we get to our last round of play, it's time for the home version. Correctly gets the answer to production master Dave's pop culture riddle by the time next week's episode comes out and you can win the chance to name a score break here on the show. A song from Jen Steinman will help set the table for an out-of-time, out-of-place rock and roll fable. A nerd plays a tough guy, but everyone knows that we're here for the overalls that are Defoe's. Think you know the answer? Then go to usaquizshow.com slash riddle to show off that pop culture knowledge. While you're there, maybe throw in an application to come play in the big leagues on a future season, or check out our Dream Team page where you can make a suggestion of another podcast whose hosts you'd like to see come compete here with us. Thanks for the riddle, Dave. How about a score update? Absolutely. Going into round three, it's time for the bread score break. Oprah's favorite band is bread. At this time, Dan is in the lead with 135. Jeff is in second place with 110 and a half point, And Brendan is in third with 95. That means Brendan gets to go first in round three and will need five correct answers to move into first. Five correct answers is very possible here in the lightning round. 
players have their choice of categories and are given 90 seconds to answer as many questions in that category as possible. You'll earn 10 points for each correct answer you can provide. Today's categories are high-tech lowlifes, the chosen one, more than a music video, and it's all Greek to me. Now, these topics are a little mysterious from their names alone, so pick the thing you think you're going to do the best on, or maybe keep something easy away from one of the other players. Brendan, in third place, you get to choose first which of the four categories would you like. Once again, they are high-tech lowlifes, the chosen one, more than a music video, and it's all Greek to me. I think I'm going to try the chosen one. Do you have a guess as to what's going on in this category? Well, the obvious guess would be Harry Potter, which could be very good or very bad, depending on which way the questions go. Luckily, we're going to stay clear of that whole Harry Potter arena and talk about a different chosen one. We're talking, in this case, Buffy Summers. So this is the life and career of Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself. 90 seconds on the clock. Timer starts when I finish reading the first question. Brendan, are you ready for your Sarah Michelle Geller lightning round? Not remotely. Well, we're going to start it anyway. <laughs> Surprisingly, she's only credited on two episodes of this 1999 David Boreanaz series. Pass. In I Know What You Did Last Summer, she shares top billing with this 911 actress. Uh, Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh. She voices Tila in the 2021 revival of this cartoon. Pass. Geller played the daughter of this comedian for the 2013 David E. Kelly show, The Crazy Ones. Pass. Amy Adams replaced Geller as Catherine Mertoul in the prequel to this 1999 drama. Oh, good God. Pass. In 2007's Suburban Girl, she's paired with this 30 Rock actor. Uh, uh, um, Alec Baldwin. This horror franchise was based on the Japanese Juan films. Uh, The Grudge. In the 2007 animated flick originally titled TMNT, she voiced this reporter. Pass. She features with Leah Thompson and Elizabeth Shue in a 1982 commercial for this fast food chain. Uh, Wendy's. Burger King. She co-starred with Dwayne Johnson and Wallace Shawn in this Richard Kelly movie. Pass. Geller had this role in two live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Uh, Velma. Daphne. She voiced Sarah Connor, Holly McLean, Ellen Ripley, and Polly Pocket on this Adult Swim show. Pass. She plays herself in a 2001 episode of this Darren Star satire. Oh my god. That was, didn't I have a question about Carnage earlier? That was Carnage. <laughs> Gross point is that Darren Star satire with Sarah Michelle Gellar. All right, Dave, let's hear the Brendan report. No, let's, let's, let's really not. <laughs> All right, we have a few passes to go through. She was on two episodes of Angel. She also voiced Tila in Masters of the Universe. Robin Williams was her co-star in The Crazy Ones. She was replaced by Amy Adams in the prequel to Cruel Intentions. In the 2007 animated flick originally titled TMNT, she voiced April O'Neil. And she co-starred with The Rock and Wallace Shawn in Southland Tales. And of course, she voiced a whole bunch of things in the Adult Swim show Robot Chicken. Brendan got two questions correct for a score of 105, which is not enough to advance his cause. 
Jeff is up next and will need three answers correct to move into first. All right, Jeff, three category choices left on the board. They are high-tech lowlifes, more than a music video, and it's all Greek to me. Wow. Um, let's go with it's all Greek to me. You got a guess as to what's going on here, Jeff? I'm hoping something about other countries. I have no idea. I mean, it does involve another country. In this case, we're talking Greek gods. So every answer will have the name of a Greek god in it. So not necessarily about Greek gods, but with those names present in the answers. 90 seconds on the clock. Jeff, are you ready? Yes. Ron Howard brought in Walter Cronkite to tape audio for this 1995 Oscar winner. Pass. Jodie Foster runs a secret ER for criminals in this 2018 movie. Pass. On Futurama, this Jamaican bureaucrat is the accountant for Planet Express. Pass. Starting in 2011, this Ayn Rand novel was adapted into a low-budget film trilogy. Atlas Shrugged. George T. Miller directed this Steve Gutenberg movie about a dog befriending a dolphin. Pass. This Anais Mitchell musical won the Best Musical Tony in 2019. Hades Town. In addition to fronting 30 Seconds to Mars, he starred as the vampiric Morbius. Pass. Mira Sorvino won a Supporting Actress Oscar for this 1995 movie. Mighty Aphrodite. Carl Weathers plays this character in the Rocky movies. Apollo Creed. Shelley Winters trained with an Olympic swim coach for this 1972 disaster movie. The Poseidon Adventure. The film version of this Oin Colfer YA novel was in development for almost 20 years. Pass. Players try to escape the underworld in this randomized roguelike hit from 2020. Pass. The TV version of this New York-based variety show ran in syndication for 21 years. Um, Showtime at the Apollo. Jason O'Mara is the king of the gods in this 2020 Netflix animated series. Pass. That show is Blood of Zeus. Jason O'Mara having a surprising amount of play in this episode. <laughs> I'm <not> liking him. <laughs> Man, he's had an interesting career. All right, Dave, let's hear the Jeff report. All right, it took Jeff a little bit to warm up, but when he did, he was certainly on point. But we got to go through those passes. Ron Howard brought in Walter Cronkite to tape audio for Apollo 13. Jodie Foster runs Hotel Artemis. On Futurama, we have Hermes, the Jamaican bureaucrat. George T. Miller directed Steve Gutenberg in Zeus and Roxanne. It's not that George Miller. It's a different one, by the way. <laughs> I would watch that. In addition to fronting 30 Seconds to Mars, Jared Leto starred as the vampiric Morbius. Artemis Fowl was in development for almost 20 years, and players tried to escape the underworld in Hades. Jeff got six questions correct for a total of 170 and the half point. That means Dan is up next and will need four correct answers to take the win. All right, Dan. Two category choices left for you. They are high-tech lowlifes and more than a music video. I think I'm going to have to go with high-tech lowlifes. What do you think this is going to be, Dan? I, is it about cyber criminals? <laughs> One can hope. You're not, you're not far off. Okay. We're talking about cyberpunk, the entire subgenre of cyberpunk in this lighting round. 90 seconds on the clock. Dan, are you ready? 
As ready as I'll ever be. Denis Villeneuve directed the 2017 sequel to this Philip K. Dick adaptation. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. This Avengers star got top billing in the 2017 live-action Ghost in the Shell. Scarlett Johansson. Matt Damon and Jodie Foster starred in this 2013 Neil Blomkamp film. Elysium? Known for his body horror films, he directed 1999's Existence. Oh, David Cronenberg? Nancy Allen, but not Peter Weller, returned for the third movie in this franchise. Robocop? William Shatner said that Tech War was an attempt to blend Star Trek with this cop show. Oh, TJ Hooker? <laughs> Shotaro Kaneda leads a biker gang and confronts his old friend Tetsuo in this anime classic. Akira. In Johnny Mnemonic, the cybernetically enhanced Navy veteran Jones is a member of this species. Dolphin. A metal fetishist plays a key role in this 1989 Japanese cult flick. Pass. Aeon Flux premiered in 1991 on this MTV experimental animation program. Pass. James Cameron has a screenplay credit on this 2019 Robert Rodriguez movie. Battle Angel Alita. This Gone Girl actor plays a sinister analyst in The Matrix Resurrections. Pass. Steven Spielberg added a sequence set in the Overlook Hotel to this 2018 adaptation. That's going to be Ready Player One with a additional sequence in the world of The Shining. All right, Dave, let's hear the Dan report and the final scores. A strong round from a man who knows his science fiction. Only three passes to go through. A metal fetishist plays a key role in The Iron Man. Not Iron Man, The Iron Man. And Flux premiered on Liquid Television. And an answer he realized after the fact. This Gone Girl actor plays a sinister analyst in The Matrix Resurrections. What is that, Dan? Uh, wait for it. Neil Patrick Harris. Mm, you <laughs> betcha. Dan got nine answers correct. So our final scores are in third place with 105. It is Brendan. Jeff finishes second with 170 and a half point. And that means our winner with a total of 225 points. It's Dan. Congratulations, All right, Dan. Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> Congratulations, Dan. We didn't have our regular Dan this week, so this Dan definitely stepped up to the challenge. I like him better, frankly. Yeah, let's keep him around. <laughs> you know what? You can come back like seven <laughs> weeks from now. We, we'll have you back Do on. Do you need a fourth job, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But that does mean we do have to say goodbye to Jeff and Brendan. Super, super fun game. Thank you again for coming to play with us today. But before we go, listeners, remember to check out Dan's Galactic Cold War series of novels, including The Nova Incident, coming out later this summer. Plus, you can listen to him on his tech podcast, Clockwise and The Rebound, and also the Inconceivable Trivia podcast over on The Incomparable Network. Plus, you can follow him at DMorin on Twitter. Jeff is the president of the National Puzzlers League, so puzzleheads and brainiacs alike. Check out his work with that group over at puzzlers.org. You can also follow him on Twitter at Jeff Furry, that's with a U and two R's, 312 on Twitter. Links to all of these great things, podcasts, books, projects, and the like are in your show notes, so check your app. 
And also don't forget to follow Dan as the rocket ship emoji over on our season seven bracket. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week. Be sure to join us next week for the second elimination match over in the Monster Division. And on behalf of the absent Scoremaster Dan, the present Scoremaster Production Master Dave, Brendan, Dan, Jeff, and myself, Taylor Cole, thank you again for listening to the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show. A song from Jim Steinman will set <clears throat> a song from Jim Stein. A song from Jim Stein. Oh boy, I'm gonna say it. <clears throat> a song total eclipse from of the Jin- brain fart. God damn it! That was the one I was gonna do perfect, dude. You interrupted me. Everything's ruined. <laughs> <laughs>